Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, you know what the unfortunate thing is about this podcast for our listeners? What's that? They never get to hear our conversations beforehand. That's true. I mean, we could always just sit down and just start recording, but then I feel like, I don't know, I don't feel like they'd be the same if we knew they were being recorded. Yeah, we we have good conversations, and sometimes they're not very deep at all, but sometimes they're really good, and, and then we end the conversation like, well... I think that was supposed to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would just encourage people uh, to find someone who they can be close to and find someone who is a a solid example of faith. And that doesn't mean that they get things right all the time or that they always have appear to have everything together, but Mm -hmm. it should be someone who loves the Lord and pursues them and who... Um, can push you in that direction as well. And you can sometimes push them. Yes, absolutely. I think I think it's been said, find somebody who you can share good news with, but who you can also share bad news with. Yeah. It's, it's like there's that, those certain people where when you share good news with them, they celebrate with you. And when you share bad news with them, they don't lecture you. They They just listen. And it's like... It's it's huge to have someone that you can do both of those things with for sure in your life. Yeah, so I guess since since we didn't talk about our meaningless, um, lighthearted stuff, I, I shouldn't say meaningless. But <laughs> um, so yesterday afternoon, I made six apple pies. Nice. Are you freezing them to save yeah, them? Yeah. So we've got twelve in the freezer now. So that's awesome. I, they wouldn't last very long. If I knew they were in the freezer, they need to last a while because I'm. <laughs> You're not making a little oh. thick in the midsection. <laughs> it's so hard. We we we've had a lot of people over recently, which has been amazing. But then it's like uh, there's always dessert, which it's like we never have dessert. Yeah. If it's just Les and I, we're never like you know what we're gonna have dessert with this meal. But when we have a lot of people, like when, whenever we have someone over, it's like well you gotta have dessert. So I feel like. I've been eating way more sweets than I need to. And it's just like I wake up the next morning and I just never feel all that good. Yeah. I mean, I I grew up in your classic farm family. Yeah. There's dessert with every meal. Okay. And so, and now my kids are almost of that expectation as well. Like dinner's over and they're kind of looking around like, what's for dessert? And every once in a while we don't have dessert, but it is this thing. And I'm like, boy, what did we create? Here? Yeah. I, that's funny. I, so I grew up and we never had dessert ever. And so it's totally normal. I think, I think Les probably grew up with more desserts. I don't think it was every meal, but more. And I was kind of the one that was like, I don't want sweets after every meal. I yeah. Yeah, like, cause I just don't, I mean, obviously I love the way they taste, but I always wake up the next morning and I'm just like, mm, I don't, not quite as, as spry as I so normally am. That's, that's interesting. Cause I've never really experience had never experienced that up until the last couple of years and mm-hmm. I think as I'm getting older and my metabolism well I've never I'm I actually take 
medication for my metabolism. Sure. It's like this uh, uh, genetic thing in mm-hmm. my family. But now, even as I get older, that's all kind of beside the point. But I do think, let's just say, like, if you're going to have sweets around, it should be something good and homemade. Yes. Well, <laughs> and, and that's so what having 12 apple pies in the freezer, yes. that's good. And so we have, the, we have an orchard that I've been... Um, growing for several years now and they're just those trees are just starting to get productive so that we're gonna have like a bumper crop this year and then they got decimated by hail but what's super interesting maybe i've already told this story on this podcast but we also have an apple tree way back by the woods on the fence line that Mm -hmm. we never planted right that thing we've harvested five or six bushel baskets off of that now and made applesauce and apple pies and it's just kind of interesting like how did all of our nice apple trees get pummeled by hail and that one back there is perfect like untouched yep so all those apples are there and i every time i go out to do chores i see that tree and i'm like i can't just let those go to waste so i pick them up bring them back and then i'm like what am i thinking but hey it's when you go to eat those apple pies in the middle of winter and you have those fresh apples you're gonna be very thankful that you did yeah that's always been my problem is like there's too many good things in fall it's like yeah how do we spread these it's like football hunting canning like and that is a it's like, like all your favorite things jammed into one little time period you know, and, then and then you get in into winter, like february you're like, what am i doing there's nothing to do right now like <laughs> there's it's like just, zero favorite things yes and so it is it's it's one of those where it's almost an embarrassment of riches in the fall i almost get overwhelmed because i'm like well what am i going to do today there's eight yeah. different things that like i have a month that this works for me to do it you know so but I guess just enjoy it for what it is. That's why I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna start playing hockey again this winter. I took a decade off, but it's always been. It was my favorite sport. Like yeah. it never was pulling teeth to like go to practice. Yeah. I, I looked forward to it uh, every year that I played. Yep. And but then and I used to play for a while after high school, but then we started having kids, so that put the kibosh to that but now it's that. like i don't necessarily need another thing to do in the winter but i do have to start being a little more active yep and so i it's like i'm gonna choose to do something that i love absolutely so. well that's what they always say like have have one hobby that keeps you in shape because that, yeah. that's always whether it's hiking or playing a sport or something you know, have a hobby that you enjoy that that makes you be active in some way because that's usually the people who, you know, their hobby is active mm-hmm. and stay in, stay in better shape or a little healthier because it's a lot easier to say, hey, I want to go play something that I love to do versus, well, I guess I should go to the gym and run on the treadmill for an hour. It's yeah. like, you're not going to stick to that. But it's like, hey, I'm going to go play pickup basketball with my friends it's like you'll stick to that because that's just fun to do right you know? so speaking of fun and just finding things to enjoy mm-hmm. and stuff like that i think that kind of goes to yesterday you were actually talking about the total opposite of that yep. which is bitterness yep um what was the other one bitterness unforgiveness yeah yeah they go hand in hand yes um 
and I guess there's some nuance or some small differences there, but uh, you probably don't have to dig very deep to decide where the majority lies mm-hmm. around us. I think every, I mean, the world kind of tends to be bitter right oh, now. Oh, for sure, yes. And so, like, why is that? What does it mean for us as Christians? And what's the remedy to it? Yep. I think are all things that we could talk about in this conversation. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that was one of the first things I really tried to nail down. It's like, I think one of the biggest problems is that we have an expectation that life is going to go the way we want it. And it's like, I'm not quite sure where that comes from because that's never been the case for really all of history that just Mm -hmm. very few people in the history of people had life go the way they wanted it to. It's just, and, but yet somehow we all have this just expectation that it will. And so when it doesn't, we're like shocked and upset. And like, I really tried to explain yesterday we someone has to be, to blame for it because life was supposed to go the way we wanted to. So if it didn't, it is because someone did something wrong. You know, when you said that, I thought of something. So a lot of us can experience things in life that we wanted to go a certain way. We wanted it so bad, we would have been willing to do anything. Yep. And it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Mm -hmm. We didn't get it. We went through the grieving process of that, which like what you're saying often involves looking for someone to blame, yep. someone to be the scapegoat. Yep. But if we're all honest and we look back on some of these things that took place long enough ago, now you can often be like, boy, I'm glad I didn't get that. Absolutely. So do we then come full circle and whoever we place the blame on, thank them for whatever role they played right. and us not getting it? Most people don't. I mean, I think it would be very healthy and healing to do that. And I think it would help you to understand it. But like, I think one of the biggest problems, and this is, I had many situations just like that. And I've given these illustrations at church before, but it's like, you don't know yourself as well as you think you do. Like, that's just the, the, the reality is, is like, you don't know what's going to make you happy. And I think that's a sobering thing that you just have to deal with is you don't know what is going to make you happy. And you, you, you're going to be positive that you do, but you're, you'll get everything that you want and you're still going to be unhappy. And that's almost like the worst part of it is like you'll get everything. Well, it has so much to do with circumstances and it seems like that's what we ignore is we are in the moment. So we're like this thing that I want right now, I'm assuming I'm going to want forever. Yes. But it's completely dependent on all the circumstances around it. And as circumstances change, which we know they're going to, then things fall out of favor or whatever was ideal at the moment is like as far from ideal as could be. Yes. Just a little while longer. Yes. And so the other, so we don't know ourselves, but maybe the bigger thing is, is we don't know God's plan. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and we don't know, like we are going to change 
like, and you should want to change. Like, you should not want to be the same person tomorrow that you are today. That's the whole, that's one of the biggest promises of being a Christian is God's going to do a work in us and he's going to change us. So it's like, even if you did know yourself today and you did know what was going to make you happy today, which you don't, because you're still not, you don't know yourself as well as you think you do. Within a couple of weeks, you're going to be a different person, hopefully. And if you're not, then that's sad that you're that's not. That's what I was you know? going to say. So I'm going to try to say this without sounding judgmental sure. or like I'm picking on anyone. But like, just pictures someone from who you knew from high school yep. who is still living in the same place, doing mm-hmm. all the same things, even trying to be just as cool as he or she was in high school by wearing the most, you know, current trends and, you know, having Mm -hmm. a vibrant social life and putting it out there. And you're like, dude, high school was 20 years ago. Stop living like you're still in high school. Absolutely. Like that's kind of with, I know this is going to sound mean, but it's kind of like a loser. Yes. (laughs) A loser mentality. Yes. And it, it is. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep no, I, I don't know what my and was going to be, but it's like we have to like mature beyond yes. that. We do, and I think that's a perfect example because most of us know that person yeah. that hasn't changed, and it's like it's almost sad. It's like, wow, they haven't changed at all. And like it's like you almost want to say that like in a, as a good thing, like they haven't changed at all, but then it's like, no, it's that's sad. Like, that's sad. If you haven't changed since high school, it's like, nah, man, that's not it. We're supposed to change and yeah. grow. And so it's, it's this, it's this combination of number one, you probably don't even know what it is, what's going to make you happy. And you, and you probably have some inkling and I'm not saying any of your like, Hey, I, I feel drawn to a simpler life. So I want to, I want to simplify some things. I'm not saying, oh, you're wrong. Like, no, there's some, but like the way that we are like, life needs to go just this way. And and this needs to happen and that needs to happen. And then this needs to happen because if everything falls into place, just like I want it to, then everything's going to be perfect. That's where, you know, the few people that, that, that happens for, yeah. And they get to the end of it and they're just as restless and just as um, sad as they ever were. That's that's when it's like real hopelessness because it's like I got everything I wanted and it still doesn't satisfy me at all. But most of us are never going to experience that level of, oh, everything turned out just like I wanted it to. Most of us are in the things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to. And that's where bitterness comes in. So it's like, we feel like there's some level of injustice to that. And I think that's where we get wrong is it, it's not injustice that life didn't go the way we wanted it to. That's just the reality of it. The Bible is like, don't be surprised. Don't act like something weird is happening yeah. when when there's really hard times that you get given, when, when life gets cut out from underneath you. It's not weird. It's not strange. That's that's normal and but when we allow ourselves to feel like we have been wronged and there's an injustice because of that that's when we start to that that bitterness really gets a hold of our hearts so we often end up in conversations like this talking about we we go back to pride Mm -hmm. and like 
I think sometimes that can be confusing for people who haven't been around the church for a while or haven't been a Christian very long or haven't read a lot of scripture because pride is often in our culture used as a positive term, like I'm so proud of mm-hmm. you. That's a little bit different than right. than the way the Bible uses the word pride. Right. But pride is basically like thinking we know best. Yep. Thinking that we are best. Yep. Thinking that our plans uh, everything should yield to our plans and our ideas and like that's what pride is. Right. It, and it's like basically thinking that you can do whatever you want in this life without um revering God. Yep. Um and so all of these things kind of come back to like pride. Yes. is the root and I think that bitterness as a result of our pride being put in check unwillingly. So yes. like a lot of us will often be like, I, I was prideful in that moment and that wasn't good. Yeah. Um, or we'll give God the, the open invitation to put our pride in check when it needs to be, because yes. sometimes we don't even notice it or sometimes we, mask it or we trick ourselves into thinking that this is a good thing but we end up in a prideful place so like we're we are giving god the invitation and sometimes we don't do that as well but i think when our when someone's very prideful and their pride is put in check Mm -hmm. unwillingly against their will that's what leads to bitterness because they they go to be uh, victim mentality. Yep. They be they believe that someone owes them something. Someone's to blame. Yep. And bitterness takes root. And I don't want to draw a clean line here and say that Christians aren't in that camp, or mm-hmm. or even some of us who have been following the Lord for a lot of years. I think there's situations that you and I were probably just talking about this morning right. before this, that are a result of God being like, dude, um, and I don't think God probably says dude, maybe he does, but <laughs> doesn't matter. We're right, not gonna, right, right. But he's like, hey, you are in a prideful place here and you're in the wrong. Yeah. And so then it's our choice to either accept that as you know fatherly um chastening Mm -hmm. or to become bitter about it because we didn't get what we were quote unquote owed right or even just the fact that we were scolded in some way and had to get something taken away from us to force us to deal with it and that's i even want to go back to you know your your Talking about pride, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest problems with the English language, especially when it comes to bi- biblical things, is we just don't have enough words that we use. Right. So we, you know, the Bible has a bunch of different words that we just use love for. And we have no idea which one is being used because it's all translated as love. And it's the same thing. There's multiple words in the Bible that we translate as pride, And they mean completely different things. And so there is that feeling of working hard 
and feeling good and accomplished about the work that you've done. And the Bible is very clear that that is a good thing. Like Ecclesiastes talks about, it's one of the only thing that actually matters in life is like to, to, to work hard and and actually see the work of your hands means something. Yes. Um, so that's one word. And then there's just the word for like ego, that, that part of you that is like, I can't be wrong and I will defend to the death anyone who tells me I'm wrong. My thoughts are exactly what they should be. My ways are exactly what they should be. And it's really like the way that we are supposed to view God, we view ourselves as like infallible, can't be questioned. Our ways are perfect. And so when we butt up against God, whose ways actually are perfect, and he is confronting our ways that we hold that belief and protect that belief that are perfect. That's where it's like there can be some bitterness caused there. And there's times where it is truly God humbling us. And then there's other times where it's just we live in a fallen world and there's sickness and there's disease and there's tears. And there, there it's, it's not even that you did anything wrong. It's yeah. just... You know, that that is the cross that you have to, to carry. And I think I think that's almost the hardest part for people is when they can't look to something they did wrong to say, oh, it was because this. But when they feel like something was taken from them and they there's just no reason. It's like, why? Why did this happen to me? That's where that that deep bitterness oftentimes. And that's where when you're looking for someone to blame and you can't find anybody, you just blame God because you yeah. can't figure out a reason for what did I do wrong? And actually, that's one of the hardest questions. You know, I've, I've walked with a lot of people who have lost a loved one. So again, yeah. we're talking about Naomi and that's she and That's one of the hardest things is when they're just like, what did I do wrong? Who's Is this my fault? You know, like, is God mad at me? It's like, those are the hardest and the things where it's like bitterness is so easy to go to because it's like, you can't even, there's, there doesn't even seem to be a reason. It just seems like God woke up one day and thought, I'm just going to hurt this person today. Yeah, I think that's another thing that, and this this would be hard for some people to hear, even myself probably, but like another thing that comes out of our pride is thinking we need to know a reason why to yeah. everything. And I think, the fact that we know that there's no way to know why for most things in life. Yeah. We have a lot of, I mean, there's universities who teach thousands of classes to students all across the land, all across the world, Mm -hmm. every single day to teach them, them the reasons why on everything. Why do plants do this? Why does the sun do this? Why do, why do the stars do this or whatever? their explanations for why but we still don't truly understand why and so the quicker we can come to terms with the fact that we're not going to know why yes with a lot of things in life like that comes out of pride like thinking we need to know the reason why right and one thing i think about often is like i've been extremely blessed that i'm i'm still married Mm -hmm. and i have children who have not had any major illnesses my my wife has been healthy like we we have all these things in life and what i think about all the time is like 
someday something could happen. I could have something happen to one of my children. Mm -hmm. I could have my wife could get sick or something like that. I need to come to terms with the fact now when things are good that I can't know the reason why to everything. Because when I come into that moment, I'm going to have to be able to continue living life, loving the people around me, loving the Lord, being who he called me to be, and not be so rocked by it that it dismantles all of that. Yes. And so it's better if I come to terms with that right now. Yeah. And you see that sometimes. Every once in a while you see someone who's going through something in life, like they're facing the fact that their life is going to end. Mm-hmm. But they're handling it in a way they're not scared. Yes. And it's very honorable. And there's something about that. Yep. And somehow they came to terms with that before that happened. Yes. Well, it, it it's 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 about building your life on real foundation even before the storm comes because it's like yeah it, it makes sense to build your life on not firm foundation because it's like well it never storms here but it's like man when it comes it's like if your life is built on the fact that you know if if, if you have a sense of of peace and joy because you have this thing, you have this thing, you're, there's no health problems in your family. Like, it's like once the storm comes, it's like if that gets rattled, your whole life will come crashing down. Mm-hmm. But it's like the, the, the people who are like, nope, even though all of these other things feel solid, I know that I need to build stuff on like true foundation. And I'm still, I can enjoy these things. But my my whole life won't be built on them because I know these things can be taken away. I do not have a promise that these things, I'll always have these things. So I have to have the wisdom to not build my life on things that the Bible has said I might lose one day. Like they're not going to make it through the fire of all eternity and things like that. And I think that that's a really hard skill to to do. And that's where I've seen, like you said, when people are like the facing the end of their life or just dealing with, you know, some horrific things that are happening. And it's not that they don't mourn and they don't grieve because you absolutely do, but it's your whole life doesn't fall apart because you didn't build your life on those things. You built your life on things that cannot be taken away and, I think just even as you said, just us wanting to know the answer. I mean, it just reminds me of Job. And like that's is God doesn't like giving answers to those things. And that's in the book of Job, that's all Job wanted. Why? What did I do? Tell me the reason that all of this is happening. And God never told him a reason ever. He just revealed himself to Job. And by the end, Job was like, you know what? I don't need to know the answer. Job is a really good example, too, of why this is even more complicated. And it's because we go through this life and experience all these things with other people who whose experience may be completely different. Mm-hmm. So we're always watching those around us and what they're experiencing and what they get and yep. what, what happens to them. And, how th- and, and that's when we start 
allowing ourselves to believe that life isn't fair yeah. because someone else gets something that we wish we had or yeah. that, or we have some misfortune that, and someone else seems to go through unscathed. And, and that I think is really where a lot of bitterness in our current world and probably since the beginning of time yeah. has come because God made us to be social beings. And so we're constantly interacting and watching and evaluating in our head based upon what we see other people going through. And I don't, it just remind. it takes us, took me back to Hebrews. I really like how it talks about a bitter root. Mm -hmm. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, 15 says, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just look at the, the bitterness, just a little root, yeah. and it can grow from there and cause trouble and defile many. So yes. it's like the effects of it are widespread. Absolutely. Well, and like that was the example I gave is like, like handling a toxic material. Is it's yeah. like it just it gets in the bloodstream and it spreads and it's like before you know it the whole system is right. and is it's just, not just you you don't just keep it to yourself absolutely it spreads yeah it spreads and that's why it is just this is such a serious thing in the life of Christians and I think your what you said is so poignant because I feel like we have the opportunity for bitterness probably more now than ever in history because because of social media facebook and all all these things um we have the ability to look into other people's lives way more than we ever did before it's constantly right in our face and um people can you know filter it and crop it and just show their highlights so we are constantly being shown that everyone has a better life than us. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a spouse that is better than ours. Everyone has a house that's better than ours. Their their house is always picked up and they updated their kitchen and we can't update ours yet. And all of it's we're constantly just being shown over and over again how everyone else has better lives than us and, and has things we don't have. And that is just like a perfect scenario for bitterness yeah. to just be all over the place in our lives and that's i don't mean to be a social media like you know everyone's but it just just know that that is gonna be a, a a really big temptation if you're on social media is to be bitter because everyone is going to show their highlights and it's going to look and feel like you got the bad end of the deal in life and so it's just you have to be very aware and cautious of that yeah and often bitterness because it starts as a root Mm -hmm. goes undetected for a long time it can be there without even noticing it it can be you know growing and building up steam i mean i i think of a dandelion in a lawn yeah uh you can mow that thing off at the surface as much as you want and for a little while it'll go undetected and the lawn will look nice but it doesn't take away the fact that that root is still there yes and the only way to take care of it is to root it out and that's the same as bitterness for us like we can't just 
polish up what people see for very long. That's not going to be effective for very long. Like we literally need to start digging yes and uproot that thing and it takes digging you can't just go up and you know pull on it from the surface because you're not going to get everything like you literally have to put in the elbow grease yeah and you have to be willing so to go into your well manicured which ours isn't but into a well manicured lawn and dig for Mm -hmm. a dandelion root it's going to be messy like you're going to dig up some ground there's going to be a blemish there you have to be willing to do that though otherwise it's going to just persist yes absolutely and and like i said on sunday i honestly believe that the true you know it's almost like when you have a a tree stump in your yard and you're like and it's like from a tree that's like a a full-size tree and you're like, well, I'll just I'll bring an axe out there, and it's like you are Good not luck. touching that. And I think that it's you almost have to get like I don't I don't want to use the word chemical on it, but that's where when I talked about selflessness and just choosing to say I want to train myself to truly care and worry about other people and and what what their life looks like and how I can support and encourage and and celebrate the good things that are happening in the people's lives around me it's like that is almost like you know taking like some sort of industrial chemical that just like sears it from the inside and that's where it's going to be a huge struggle because like you said it's going to destroy your freshly manicured lawn but it's like it's almost one of those where it's like that that almost kills the root from the inside out mm-hmm. of just it forces you to deal with what that bitterness is feeding on and it's like when you when you rob the bitterness of the nutrients it's feeding on it's like it starts to die and and eventually it's like you can pull it out way easier like you said, like, like with a dandelion, it's like you can try to dig it out and you can try to do all that. Or it's like there are some pretty industrial sprays that you can hit it with that are like that thing is just it can't survive it. Mm-hmm. And that's I truly believe that's what selflessness does when you start to like root for and encourage and celebrate from your actual heart and really mean it what's going good in the lives of people around you it's like it's almost like that bitterness just shrivels up like it is but that is a hard that's that's a lot of hard work you have to do to get to that place where you are actually celebrating and excited for right. other people having good things happen to them if you do a, a search in the bible of the word bitter which i'm doing right now mm-hmm. as we talk it's everywhere in the old testament and new testament so there's a lot to be said about bitterness and and it's like in the old testament it's like basically like it's almost spoken of like the spell that will be put on you Mm -hmm. if you basically continue on in pride and try to go without the lord like it's like the result will be bitterness in your life and then in the new testament it's just all kinds of warnings like don't let bitterness be part of you yep 
over and over again. And so I guess to sort of move toward wrapping up this conversation, like how, how do we, like, what does this conversation about bitterness even mean for us uh, as Christians? I think there's a few things. I mean, I think the first thing is, number one, understand that, like, it's a command in the Bible to get rid of it. This isn't like a negotiable, like, hey, it's nice if you, like, it's, there's no wiggle room. If you want to be a Christian, you, you got to tackle this. Like, you have to, you have to get rid of this. I think that's the first thing is to not give yourself any freedom to be like, well, I don't know, something, but what happened to me was really bad. So I, I can hold on to this for at least a little, no, you have to treat it like toxic waste and be like, the longer it's here, the more sickness is going to be all around me. Like I have to get rid of this. And as soon as possible, I think that's the first takeaway of it is to just understand that you can't have it. Like it's non-negotiable. And as much as that sounds like, well, of course, I think even that is a huge epiphany for a lot of people to be like, I don't have an excuse to hold on to this. And I'm not given the we can even I mean, there's it's pretty easy to sometimes justify our bitterness as righteousness. Yes. And as I mean, we even will use scripture to back it up. Like I'm ticked that that person's wrong because here's what scripture says about it. And, but it's our response to that. That is what leads to bitterness. And so I think like what you said, just, it can't be underscored enough. Like bitterness, regardless of what brought you there is absolutely wrong. Yes. You, and you should not live with it. And it's eventually going to affect you and transform you into a different person in the wrong direction. Absolutely. Well, and it's understanding, yeah, maybe that person was wrong and maybe they did take something that they shouldn't have from you. Or maybe it feels like God did or whatever. And it's like, even if you're right, what bitterness does is makes it so that they keep taking from you for the rest of your life. Like you don't deserve that. And like, I think that's when people are like, well, I, I deserve to be bitter because of the pain. And it's like, no, you don't deserve to have good things be continually taken from you for the rest of your life. Cause right. that's what bitterness does. It's someone took from you. So you're like, I'll show them. I'm going to have this one thing that they did keep taking from me for the rest of my life. And it's like, that's not that's not a good thing. That's not helping you out. And I think that was the other takeaway that I want people is like bitterness isn't helping you. It's just not. It, it feels like it. Like this is, you know, my reward for having been wronged. And it's like that's an awful reward. Like right. you, that is not a good thing. It is not helping you. It, it is not protecting you. It's only like echoing the pain over and over and over again for the rest of your life don't do it. It's a trap. It's, it's, it's not helping you the way you think it is. I was just thinking like, um, sports teams, sorry for people who aren't sports fans, but I, <laughs> I don't I think always... we go way overboard on okay. it. I think we hold some restraints. on. So it. like the Packers, for example, like if they ever invite alumni, like old players back to celebrate like the anniversary of something. Do they ever celebrate the anniversary of their most losingest, if that's a word, (laughs) season? Mm -hmm. 
of all time. Right, they don't. They they celebrate the victories. Yes. If they were to celebrate their losing seasons, that's like a loser mentality. Like yes. you're focusing on that. And I feel like that's what we do by choosing to continue to be a vic or continue to be bitter as yes. we're camping out and as a victim. Like yes. I wanna stay a victim. Yes. Don't don't try to like and sometimes people literally will say that, like don't try to talk me out of this. Don't try to pep talk yes. me. I don't want to feel better. I want to continue to be a victim yes. here. And it's like, that is kind of a sickness that yes. comes from bitterness. Well, and I think even to use your sports analogy, it's kind of like when you watch a game and one team is just getting blown out. It's like, it's brutal. They're going to lose. By the third quarter, you're like, they're not winning this yep. game. But the announcer will will say like, what they need to make sure is that they don't, this doesn't make them lose next week too. Right. Cause like, that's what can happen is it can get in your head. So they need to have some positive plays because this can't turn into two losses. Like, yes, you're going to lose, but let it only be one loss. Don't let it become two losses because you're just letting it affect you like that. Like, actually, that's what bitterness does. I remember watching a football game one time, and I don't remember when, who, or anything, but I remember some of the people who were watching it with me weren't, they were not even casual sports fans, sure. like just didn't have a lot of experience, and they were like, what the heck? Those guys are like, laughing and talk after the game is over and the teams mingle they're like they're all talking to each other like they're best friends and they just lost the game and i was like well that's because they're professional athletes and they learned a long time ago that you have to be able to shake it off yep and keep your head up and move forward yes and so it doesn't mean that them laughing and smiling and that doesn't translate to them not caring no it's just translate to them putting it in perspective and saying I've got all right that's the past I'm moving forward absolutely and I think that's I mean those are the main takeaways is just that like you got to take care of it and it's not helping you it's not like God is like hey this bitterness is really good for you it's protecting you it's a a reward you've earned but I want to take it away from you it's like this is like dumb this is hurting you it's making you just feel the the pain and letting one loss just keep turning into more losses in your life i don't want this for you i paid for you to have freedom from this and i'll help you walk through it i think that just for us to think of it that way of like just letting go of the the idea that this is i deserve it because this was my reward for the pain i feel is like no, your reward is that because you're a Christian, you don't have to have bitterness in your life. Mm-hmm. That's the reward. And and the pain you feel, there's other rewards that have been promised of just your refinement, your growth, it giving glory to God, you sharing in Christ's suffering. There's real rewards from your pain that, that mean something that you can latch on to. Don't latch on to your bitterness. That's not the reward for the pain you felt. Right. I think that's probably a good place to end it. Yeah, I think so. Um, Well, Lord, we just, we know that you created each one of us to be fertile ground. Um, And, but we also know that every once in a while things grow that shunt. Mm -hmm. And And we talked about the bitter root. We know that if each one of us are 
are like a field of fertile ground that every once in a while there's a place here and there where there's a bitter root. None of us are exempt from this. We all deal with it, every one of us listening. And so I just pray that you help us um, to be honest about where we're at, to recognize where bitterness is taking root, and to just aggressively root it out and be willing to to um, dig for it and just dispose of it because it's bad for us and it's bad it's bad for those around us and so we just ask for your help with that and we just thank you for your guidance and for your love for us in your name we pray amen amen